Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Today we have a malicious compliance story that goes back to the mid-90s involving rollerblading. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, because I missed the bus, I have to walk to school? So be it. I was reminded by this post about an event that happened when I was far too young to be on my own. I didn't expect this to be this long, but riding it has been a little cathartic. Some setup of the scene, this would have been back in the mid-1970s. I was in elementary school, I don't remember what grade or age, but that school was first through third, so I was somewhere between 5 and 8 years old, although I remember starting to dislike school because of being bullied by classmates in second grade, so it was more likely second or third grade age 6 to 7, I was expected to do my morning routine, get up, dressed, breakfast, and walk to the bus stop entirely on my own. The bus stop was about 500 feet or a tenth of a mile away, and around a sharp corner at the end of the route. This meant that while there was a chance I could see the bus go by if I was running late and on my way, but because of the angles involved, there was a little chance the driver could see me if I was late, so they wouldn't know to stop and wait for me. I don't remember if I was dragging my feet or just got up late that morning, but by the time I got to the bus stop that morning, it was too late. The bus had come and gone without me. In the past, when this happened, I'd sadly walk back home, tell my mother, and she'd drive me in. But for some reason, this morning, she decided that it wasn't happening. I don't know if she was trying to teach me a lesson or just had enough or what, but she told me I had to walk. No, she wouldn't be coming with me. A young girl, about six or seven, walking about a two-mile route alone. I was terrified. There were a few sidewalks, mostly just dirt paths worked into the side of the road, if that. Plus, due to the elements that I now know are not good for a child to go through, by this time I definitely had issues doing anything wrong in the eyes of adults around me, so I had this additional fear of anyone seeing me on this walk of shame. So I made sure no one saw me. If I saw any vehicle coming, I'd hide. I couldn't handle the thought of anyone witnessing this. I walked and walked and walked. It felt like forever, but I walked the entire way, and I finally got there and walked into the office to report my tardiness. It turns out that my mother had not intended me to actually do that. She had called the school to have someone come and meet me on the route. Not that she said anything about this to me. The bus driver had gotten back into her bus and drove the route they thought I'd have taken. And then when they didn't see me, she got into her personal car and did it again and again trying to find me. Multiple people were sent out to look for me, but again, in my mind, I couldn't allow anyone to see me in this shame. Plus, I was old enough to know about stranger danger and was scared about that too. I absolutely was not going to let anyone find me. I think they were actually on the phone with the police when I walked in the office door. As for the fallout, I'm sorry, but I can only speculate based on other memories. My mother would have been chastised by the school for not telling me to expect someone to be looking for me to offer a ride. I would have then been punished, yelled at, spanked, grounded, because mother could never handle being wrong, so it had to be my fault. I don't remember ever having to do it again, though. 
Man, that is so unfair and uncool that after all this, going through an experience that I would say has a high degree of potentially traumatizing you, it sure does suck that after all that, the mom tried to drill into OP's head that they were in the wrong still. Our next story is, neighbor tries to flex, gets the shaft instead. Spec home build with a $12 million budget and a 16 month schedule. Next door neighbor immediately qualifies as a complete D head knows everybody including the principals of the company i work for at the very beginning of the work he asks for a row of redwood trees to be planted as screening between the properties principals grant his request as a good neighbor gesture thirty-one thousand dollars planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s, and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy, and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. It's an online therapy service that, after finishing a small questionnaire, will match you with a licensed therapist, where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StorytimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. Every step of the project, he either stands out at the end of the drive taking pictures, or he's flying his drone over the lot. He starts asking questions about whether or not work in progress is covered under the permit. He confides that he obtained a copy of the permit and a set of plans. One day, he asks us for a meeting to discuss the redwood trees. Yes, those trees. He comes over at the appointed time and introduces his wife's landscape architect. Famous guy apparently, and he tried pulling some muscle moves by trying to convince us that the redwood trees are stealing their water. They also don't fit his vision for the project they're considering, which will be a total side and backyard makeover, with walkways, stone walls, fountains, etc. He wants mature oak trees instead. Cut down and remove the redwoods at our expense and plant new oak trees. Also at our expense because, you know, screening. We decline, which sends famous architect guy and the wife into a rage. They decide to move forward with their project anyway and the major earth moving, concrete forming, irrigation, etc. are all getting placed. Mr. Drone Guy continues to make efforts to get the oak trees swapped in under threats that maybe some of the work we're doing isn't covered under the permit. Seems he also acted as the GC for his own remodel, so he must really know what he's talking about. 
He sends emails, registered letters from his lawyer, all in an effort to get us to swap out the trees. Finally, we are within sight of completing our project, and from the second floor, we can see that they have really transformed their whole yard into little parklets with mature plantings and walkways and all the other stuff. It's impressive. So I call the town for a courtesy inspection prior to final, and the next day the inspector, an old friend whose father is also an old friend, stops by to tour the property for any red flags. I save the best for last, and we make it upstairs and make it to the best possible viewing point of the neighbor's magnificent landscape project. And my inspector friend casually but loudly says, What the heck is all that? I never saw a permit come through for all that. And he bounds downstairs and heads back to the office, I'm guessing to pull files. Here comes the best part. Through a budding property searches that we always perform as due diligence, we discovered that the neighbor's side yard in its entirety is an 80-foot-wide utility easement for the single largest underground water aqueduct for the entire region. Can't be built on. We kept mum. Now, because there's also a seasonal creek that crosses said easement, Fish and Game are now notified of the work in progress. In addition, we now have the State Water Resources Board, along with the major water utility company inspections and enforcement department, making inquiries along with the town building department. No permit application was ever submitted for any of the work Mr. Drone Guy had done. Oof. Our property sold, and during some modifications for the new owner, we watched with subdued glee as every stick and stone was removed from the offending area and was left to be in a natural state for eternity. Major fines were also levied. If only we could know how major these fines that were levied actually were. But I'm going to assume going and doing this that violates multiple different official departments, it probably was a very costly mistake. Thanks, Mr. Drone Guy. I wonder if he tried to use his reputation to muscle out of those fines. Probably just ran for the hills and cut off those people that he screwed over. Our next story is, cutting back on overtime in a field where urgent response is the norm? You'll pay for it. I work in a field where urgent response is the entire purpose. My employer became suddenly budget conscious, which led to them becoming much more stringent about our frequent overtime. We were told that all scheduled overtime had to be approved. Cool, no issue there. However, when it came to unscheduled overtime, which is where the bulk of overtime came from, the problem arose. Any unscheduled overtime would be reviewed after the fact. If it was determined that overtime wasn't justified, we could either be faced being forced to take comp time within the same pay period so that the extra time would be negated, or they would attempt to not pay or claw back money which is illegal. Cue malicious compliance in two ways. I tend to work earlier hours than our main office, so it's not uncommon for me to get phone calls once I've returned home. Normally not a big deal. I handle the call and go about my day. Most times, because it's only a few minutes, I don't even request the overtime pay. This all changed once the policy went into effect. The very first day under the new rules, I received a call from our main office about 10 minutes after I got home. I answered the phone by stating, Hello, my workday ended 10 minutes ago. Would you like for me to continue this call on overtime? Or can this be dealt with tomorrow? The response was, No overtime, this will only take a minute. I ultimately ended the call and dealt with the issue the following day. This occurred about a half dozen times over the span of a few days. I really made my point on this one. 
I received a phone call after hours that I was needed for an urgent, not emergent, I wouldn't have jeopardized anything to make a point, response. I listened to the details of what was occurring and informed my supervisor that I'd be happy to get on the road. Just as soon as they'd send me an email stating that an after-hours response was required and overtime for the night was authorized. Nothing crazy, just a sentence or two. The response I got was, just get on the road, I'll send you an email later or tomorrow. But I refused. I informed them that I was off duty and they could either send me the email as requested so I'd be covered or they could have someone from outside my territory respond in my place which would have delayed the response over an hour. This back and forth continued for about three to four minutes until they relented and sent me an email, which I received in about 30 seconds, before I'd even had the chance to use the restroom or grab my keys. My points, along with my coworkers who took similar actions, were made. Our leadership only pressed forward with requiring approval for pre-scheduled overtime, and even that's gone by the wayside. Now, to be fair, if I was working in a place that regularly had overtime, you know, it's one thing to deal with it and help out. But when the company makes it so incredibly frustrating or even financially stupid to do the overtime, you're definitely not going to catch me probably even picking up the phone. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Our next story is 1995, mom says, do not ever rollerblade in my house again. I have a short and funny story for you all to chuckle at my mom and dad's expense. So let's set the stage. I'm five years old. We had just moved to a new home in a nice area that my parents were proud to own a home in and happy to send me to good schools there. It's summertime and the first couple of weeks of summer, I'd been on a big rollerblading kick as your typical five-year-old in the 1990s. At one point, I'd been playing with friends and came inside with my rollerblades on to get a drink of water and grab a snack. My mom promptly loses her crap and says, Look at my floors! Your rollerblades made marks all over them! They were easily cleaned up, nothing permanent or staining. She then exclaims, Never rollerblade in the house, and do not come into this house with the rollerblades on ever again. Five-year-old me was scared. My old man was an all-American collegiate wrestler, so I sure as heck did not want dad to come home ticked at me. After mom calls his Nokia brick cell phone to say how I've been misbehaving and ask that he handles it when he got home from work. Fast forward about three weeks, my grandma's babysitting me, and I'm outside playing in my rollerblades in the neighboring cul-de-sac. The urge to poop has been weighing on me for a little bit, but I was holding it in and rollerblading for as long as possible, like a typical five-year-old kid that's having fun. A few more minutes pass, and I gotta go... like right now. I rollerblade back to the house and go into the garage, and as I'm about to open the door into the house, I recall my mom's strong-worded demand to not enter the house with rollerblades on ever again. I quickly rollerblade down the concrete path next to the garage into the backyard. I gotta go right now. I start to go towards the grass, but I'm overwhelmed while crossing the backyard's wooden deck. 
I drop my Schwartz right there, squat down, rollerblades still on, and push out a huge one right there in the middle of the backyard deck, which was extended out from the house. The poo is standing straight up from the floor of the patio, and as I look around, I see my next door neighbors in the backyard grilling out, cackling at what they had just witnessed. My mom was quite unhappy when she got home about an hour later. She ended up having to clean up my you-know-what off the deck, gagging and swearing the entire time. Needless to say, she was seriously embarrassed that the neighbors saw, ticked she had to clean it up, and decided that under certain emergency situations, I could rollerblade in the house to avoid any neighborhood-wide embarrassment on her end. I at least lived some of my life in the 90s, and I gotta say, maybe not exactly still in the 90s, but right around the turn of the millennium, there was definitely a period in my life where I enjoyed roller skating quite a bit. I would just have these roller skates, and I had a sidewalk in my neighborhood, so I would just roll right up and down the whole neighborhood. I never really actually went anywhere or did anything, but I look back and I still remember how much fun rollerblading was, and I don't really understand why it kind of fell off. I think I remember hearing Bill Burr say that everybody just got unreasonably homophobic for some reason about rollerblading, and therefore no longer in fashion. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another absolutely awesome malicious compliance story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.